Hey, it's Megan Marcelino, and I'm so excited to welcome you, uh, hopefully back to the second episode. I really enjoyed getting to talk with you um, last time, and today I want to talk about signs and seasons. And the, in January, we are in the Hebrew month of Shabbat. Um, let me tell you a little bit about kind of my personal journey. I, I started reading in Genesis a lot in the last few years, and I, I did it because I was at a place where I wanted to understand God, what was your original intention for humanity? What what is your purpose for me? Like if there had not been the fall of mankind, what you know, what am I here for? And in Genesis 1:14, the word says, God said, "Let there be lights in the dome of the sky to divide the day from the night. Let them be for signs and seasons, days and years, and let them be for lights in the dome of the sky to give light to the earth." And that is how it was. And as I was reading these words, uh, the, where it says, let them be for signs, it just like jumped off the page to me. And, and I said, signs for what? You know, signs for who? who? Who's supposed to be watching these signs? And so if they are signs, am I in fact paying attention? And so the stars, the sun, and the moon were set in place to rule, to divide, to govern, to give light, to illuminate. But what I found really interesting was according to biblical commentary in the Passion Translation, the word seasons could also be translated as the appointed times, which are also the feasts of the Lord. So in Leviticus 23, we're instructed with these words that these are the feasts of the Lord, holy convocations, which you shall proclaim at their appointed times. And then it goes on to talk about the 14th day, of the first month at twilight is the Lord's Passover. And I just found that these times and seasons are really, really specific, and that there's a lot of designated times in the Word, and I think maybe the body of Christ, we've ignored them, maybe because we've become disconnected from the Jewish roots, maybe because when Constantine came in and you know basically did away with our calendar and created a new calendar, but have we lost touch with the relationship and have we lost touch with the schedule that our Father put in place, where He invited us to commune with Him, where He invited us to watch His times and seasons? Are there times and seasons that are better to do certain things or to make decisions? Um, all of these questions started going through my mind, and I, I began to see that the Lord has created a year for us. And so now we're in January, but we're looking at a year ahead of us. And that there are opportunities and times and seasons that are in alignment with the spiritual calendar that the church as a whole has mainly all but ignored. Um, before we were made into his image, before he breathed life into us, before humanity came, before mankind came, God's annual cycle was there. And it wasn't just there just to be there to exist. It was there to serve as a guide, to make us aware and ultimately to continue bring us to bring us back to him at his designated times his calendar is there as an opportunity for relationship it's just like us you know we celebrate thanksgiving christmas new years all of those types of things and and it's just like there's expected traditions but if we weren't aware of those things we wouldn't even know to show up uh, the Lord has created days that are specifically set apart for purpose, but the purpose is for us to come back to His table, to get to know Him better. But if we're not observing these things and we're not aware of the signs and the seasons, we will fall out of sync with God's rhythm. 
Um, I, I likened it once to kind of trying to go through the day without ever referencing your clock or your calendar. I don't know about you, but I'm really dependent upon those things. And I can only imagine that I would miss everything or show up late or not show up at all if I didn't have it written down and reminders and alarms and things going off telling me where to be, what day it was. I mean, eventually you wouldn't even know that it was Monday. So we have to stay awake and stay aware. We have to stay in sync if we want to show up. So there's a lot of spiritual significance to the Hebrew months. And, you know, it can get overwhelming and doctrinally deep and there's all sorts of theology and and all of that. But As a mom, that's not really where I want to live. Where I want to live is how do I live in alignment with the calendar of the Lord? How do I live in holy expectation? How do I live in a place of anticipation? Make decisions that's best for me as a person and my family and our ministry. Being in alignment with God's calendar. And so as we have begun honoring the start of new months, um, we just do it really simply as a family. The Shabbat before a new month happens, we add a prayer to our our routine. And it's really just about setting our hearts on a potential new opportunity and realizing that there has been a shift. Um, it, this traditional prayer really can vary amongst synagogues or families, but the intent remains the same. It is to create a moment to pause, to bless the coming days, and to set our expectation in alignment with a, a shift in seasons. So this is the prayer that we choose as a family to pray, and I think it's really beautiful. It's full of gratitude, and it's full of expectation. So it's a prayer of blessing and sanctification for the month ahead. We say, May it be your will, Lord our God and God of our fathers, that you begin for us this month, this next 30-day period, for good and for blessing. May you give to us long life, a life of peace, a life of goodness, a life of blessing, a life of sustenance, a life of physical health, a life in which there is a fear of heaven, which simply means it's a holy reverence and a fear of sin, a life in which there is no shame or humiliation, a life of wealth and honor, a life in which we love Torah, which is simply instruction, God's instruction, and fear God, a life in which the Lord fulfills the requests of our hearts for good. Amen. Selah. And we'll be right back. It's a new year, a new you. Have you ever wondered how to stay consistent with growing spiritually, but also win and achieve the goals that you have for yourself this year? Get your free download of Goals to Grow by visiting kurtlandry.com forward slash goals to grow. It'll help you answer questions like, where do I start? How do I walk in the spirit? And do I believe that I am more than a conqueror? Understanding Matthew 633 positions you for success in the year ahead. This is your focus for your kingdom call. The fruit of the spirit is evidence of the covenant. Know how to allow him to establish his covenant within you. Know how to cut off the lie that you will lack or that you're going to lose and operate from your identity from a place of victory. Get your free download for Goals to Grow 2024 by visiting kurtlandry.com forward slash goals to grow or visit the show notes in this episode. 
The king's oil, the holy anointing oil, is a powerful tool used in spiritual warfare. Your thoughts control how you act and what you believe. When you use anointing oil, it breaks the enemy's yokes and allows you to walk according to the Spirit. When our minds are set on Christ, set on Yeshua, we can follow Him. Matthew 11, 29 and 30 says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Visit our store at kurtlandry.com forward slash kings oil or visit the show notes in the description for the link. One more thing before we get back to the show, I want to really quickly tell you about another podcast on the One New Man Network that is so amazing, and that is the Kurt Landry Podcast. Kurt delivers powerful messages of faith and teachings about the link between Jewish roots and Christianity and how they are both so impactful to your daily life and walk with the Father. You can find that show on the One New Man Network on your favorite podcast app. And now, back to the show. So in January, this month coincides with the Hebrew month of Shavat, which happens to also be considered the new year for trees. So in the Hebrew calendar, there's actually four new years annually. There's Rosh Hashanah, which is the civil new year and falls in the fall. There is Passover, which happens in the spring and is the spiritual new year. There's Tu Bishvat, which is the new year for trees, which is happens in January. And then there's the month of Elul, which is happens right before the fall feast and is considered the new year of animals. So it's when the domesticated animals were counted to prepare for tithing. So as you can see, there's kind of a cycle and a rhythm to the year. But it really stuck out to me when I began my study that Shavat is considered a new year for trees, how significant trees are in scripture and what they represent. And, you know, we can't even really fully dive into this month today. But if you look at trees, we can look at the tree of life, which represents eternal life, right? And it's referenced in, well, throughout scripture, but obviously in the very beginning, in Genesis and in Revelation. And then there's the tree of knowledge, which really represented our choice and the fall of humanity, right? It's when we chose knowledge and understanding over trust and relationship. And then the cross. Jesus died on a tree to save us. It is the cross that represents salvation. So it's really significant. I think we see humanity and our story um, kind of in the month of Shabbat, that this is a month of an opportunity for renewal. Um, Jesus was called the branch. We see this in Isaiah 4.2 and in Isaiah 11.1. It says, There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. So the branch often was a connection between Jesus and the line of descent, that he was, in fact, a son of David. It was a connection to his, his humanity. I'm going to say that again. It was a connection to his humanity. It was a connection to the covenant promise and prophetic words. When the Jews were waiting on Messiah, it was prophesied that he would be a son of David. And if he was not a son of David, then it was not the Messiah. It was not the one they were waiting on. But when Jesus came, he fulfilled all of those prophecies. So he was the branch, the son of David. But it represented his humanity. So in the month of January, last time we talked about goals and setting up, um, you know, a plan to succeed for the future. 
but I really do believe that there is an opportunity for us for a time of renewal, for a time of fresh start, a time to choose eternal life, a, a time to repent for items where we have all fallen and chosen to, uh, you know, idolize understanding in our own way, a time to fully embrace the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. For us as a family, it's really as simple as that. In Isaiah 61, Isaiah prophesies to those who mourn in Zion, to those who are grieving, that they shall be trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He may be glorified, that God may be glorified. You know, this year we are called to be trees of righteousness. In Hebrew, that word righteousness represents also justice. Rabbi really talks about that really beautifully in his book on reclaiming our forgotten heritage. Um, he talks about what it means to choose righteousness, to choose justice. But this month, I think we have an opportunity to make choices that align with eternal life and that renewal that align with trust and relationship, choices that align with fully accepting the salvation that we have, that align with um, accepting God's covenant promise, and align with righteousness or choosing justice. Um, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 9, I really love the Spirit-Filled Life Bible's um, commentary. It talks about trees that are keys in the scripture, specifically the tree of life and the, the tree of knowledge. This is what it says. It says, in this lush natural reserve, speaking of the Garden of Eden, were found the two trees that are key to everything that follows in all of human history. They were the physical means God used to transact spiritual realities. The tree of life is the tree associated with experiencing the life of God, including immortality. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil represents human autonomy. That is self-rule and an assumed independence from God in all areas of life. So during the creation process, we were given a choice. Do we choose trust or do we choose self-reliance, the right to self-govern? That's what Adam and Eve chose in that moment. They could choose to trust. They could choose relationship, but they chose to self-govern. They chose autonomy. And look at what happened. <laughs> look at the consequence of that. So in January, I want to encourage you that as you are setting forth your plan for the new year, that you have boundaries in place, steps in faith place to continually choose the tree of life, to choose trust and relationship over your own plans and things that you might determine are your own assignment. This really is an opportunity for you to have personal renewal, for you to be the tree of righteousness. You know, there's so many trees throughout scripture that are also, you know, part of parables and learning. We see olive trees and olive branches and fig trees and, and you know, fig trees that prosper and fig trees that don't. I'm thinking right now of the story of Noah when, when he was in the ark and, they, and the, um, the dove brought back the olive branch. Like that, that spoke for a moment of new hope of renewal, of deliverance, the time of the flood was over and then a new life was at hand. 
I think we have this opportunity in Shabbat to truly take on that renewal and to be trees of righteousness that bear good fruit in 2024. This is an opportunity to make choices that fall in alignment with that. I really want to thank you so much for joining me today, for for being a part of this conversation. I hope that this year you will be aware of the times and the seasons of the Lord. Yes, the feasts, of course, and yes, the weekly cycle of of Shabbat, but also the months that are here and the opportunities that are at hand. The Lord has something really good for you, and these are not obligations. This is not about religion. This is not about tradition, but this is about setting your year in a cycle and in pace to have relationship with the Lord, to show up at His table, and to be aware of the times and the seasons and the opportunity that He has for you. These months are opportunities to know our Father better, to know His blessings, and to walk in those as individuals, as families, and as ministries. Thank you so much for joining me today. I pray blessings over you and your family during this month and this new year. And I just pray that you meet him in a new way, in a new place, and you see yourself in him.